Welcome to What's the Word? Something brand new for us, but we're excited for it. And uh, I am Lee Hope. I am a pastor here uh, at Trinity Klein Lutheran Church and School. And my co-host here is... Dallas Lewis. I'm not a pastor at Trinity Klein there Lutheran Church and School. I am a late leader. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what does that even mean? It means I just go to church here and I help when I, <laughs> I, help when I can. There you go. Well, and hey, we're doing something new here. A new, brand new podcast. What's the word? But it's probably important that people know a little bit about who we are. So it's good that we start it with our names. With our names. Right? So, so we're here, a podcast in general. What's the word? What do we even mean by that, Dallas? What's the word? I, I can't help it. I see Greece. I see the movie Greece. What's the word? <laughs> but in this case, what's the word as in what's the Bible? What are we going to find in the Bible? How do we get it? Why do we use it? Absolutely. And, and to me, it's kind of like, what does the Bible even say? What does it mean? What does it have to say about any little topic? And we'll get into that a little bit as we get going today. But why are we, why are we, why is Dallas Lewis and Lee Hove talking about the Bible? Because we're nerds. I mean, this and, is true. I mean, we're just, we're theological geeks and we love it. And it's super interesting, entertaining, fascinating, and super helpful. Yeah. And it's obvious, like, I think it's clear because we both go to the same church, right? So church, right? There, There's the word. We're, we're, we're Christian believers. So we love Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We love everything that he came to do. And so when it comes to the word, uh, ultimately, we'll get to talk about this, I'm sure, as these episodes unfold. But like, ultimately, the fullness of these books that are sitting on our table, we'll talk a little bit about what that means today too, are all pointing to Jesus and everything that he's done. And for us, right, the impact of Jesus Christ in this world, everything he has to say to us, is so important for other people to know. But Dallas, do they know? I don't know. I, I myself, I, I'm a student of this, and I think it's fascinating. And I'm ashamed to say that I don't always turn to the Bible as my first line of defense when I'm faced with something. And I think that I'm probably not alone in that. Absolutely. And uh, for a number of different reasons, but I'm excited to start doing that. Absolutely. And so as we go along, like what we're going to do is we're definitely going to open this up. We're going to ask what in the world does this even mean, right? We're going to look at, we're certainly going to find the ways that how does the word of God, that's a, that's a phrase we would use for the Bible, the things God has said to his people. Uh, how does that affect us now? What does this mean for us now? Uh, how does it unpack? And especially, I think it's really important for us to talk about how we really want to have this conversation Yes, we're nerds, so we're going to be nerdy about things, but in such a way that anyone and everyone can understand it. I think that's very important, and I think that it makes our um, friendship so unique is that we do have the theological expert here, and then you've got the stay-home mom and the, this, the, the, the mops leader, the somebody in the church that is just sitting next to you on Sunday mornings. And 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 and, and a mom that nerds out I on do nerd all out. this stuff, right? And really dives deep on a whole lot of different things. And so we'll keep each other accountable. We will. To try and unpack terms when we hear a term from each other. And certainly we want our listeners too to do the same thing. Like if we're confusing or anything like that, that's not what we want to do. Because especially as we talk about in this episode today, the Bible can be incredibly intimidating, especially if you're first starting out. Or I found though too, like even lifelong Christians, lifelong people who have been going to church, the Bible can be a very intimidating book. 
I agree with that. I mean, you think about all of the 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 main think of the main characters in the Bible. You know, you have Jesus. Yes. Good you have dude. Moses. <laughs> you have, you know, Joshua. You've got all of these Old Testament titans. And then you think, I'm I'm not like one of those. I can't do that. I'm not, you've got the the apostles and Peter, Paul, uh, James, John, all of all of the the New Testament heroes. And it makes it an intimidating factor because it's easy to forget those were regular dudes. Oh, those absolutely. were regular people and but but we've elevated them and into legends. Yes. And we we take away their humanity. You're hitting on the book I want to write. I still haven't written it. I need to get on it, but there's so much stuff going on. Like I want to write the book. There's only one hero in the Bible. Right. And Ooh, his name is good. Jesus. That's good. Right. Because we do, like, we have this tendency to go like like a VVS themed holy heroes. And again, I'm not knocking anybody that's mm-hmm. done that. Oh, mm-hmm. I just did a fancy VBS is a thing called Vacation Bible School. It's where like like the community is invited to come and get like Bible classes every day of the week and have fun and do dances and sing songs and things like that. But like, and there's always a theme, but we do that. We try and make these human beings. Well, like I'll give you the example, Old Testament guy, David. Love David. Pretty important guy. Love David. King David eventually, mm-hmm. right? Cool story. Um, but I still like, I still think of how when people are like, you remind me of David and I go, Ugh. <laughs> Which side of David? Right. I know. Which and that's, one? They're trying to say the kind thing, right? Because the, the Bible says, or that shares with us that God said that David was a man after his own heart. Right? right. What a cool compliment. But David was also the guy that um, uh, saw a woman bathing on the roof and liked her so much that wanted to get her husband killed. And since he is the king, put him happened. in the front of the army, had him killed, and then all of a sudden married her and tried to hide it and then got caught. I was like, please don't idolize David, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. Not a good move. Not a good thing to do. So it can be intimidating though, right? Because we can read the Bible in this way. Right. And all of a sudden these people were perfect and things like that. But ultimately, oh, this is a good place we didn't know we were going, Dallas. I know. Rabbit trail. If you had to summarize for someone who's never opened the Bible before, what's the point of the Bible? Like, why do we open it? Why do we look to it? What comes to mind for you? For me, the first thing, redemption. And that's a fancy word. Tell me what okay, that means. So I am, uh, uh, all of the faults that I have, and there are so many, they're gone. They're taken away because God is actually merciful and he actually loves me and he delights in me and he's happy with with me, maybe not all of my actions, sure. um, but with me wholly as a person. And and I just think of redemption and Dallas, how in the world do you know that God loves you that much? The Bible tells me so. And specifically, there's he's, kind of a key thing that happened. Well, he sent his son. Yes. His only son. His his. I mean, his one and only son to die a very terrible, terrible death for me. And he would have done it if I had been the only person that needed it. He would have done it. He would have done it if you had been the only person that needed it. But that wasn't the case. The world was in a very sad state. And Jesus went to the cross but he didn't stay crucified. Right, dead. I mean, three days later, he walked out of the tomb. Very much alive. Yeah, Very much alive. Which shows us he has power, the power that he said he had. He was who he said he was. That's right. And I know at some point in this whole podcast journey that we're going to go on, we're going to dive deeper into all of that and what that means. But as we get started, we really want to talk about like what is the word and how we get going. But one of the things that we found to be important is actually opening up. I like to say it all the time. It's so funny when you trip people up with this. You see, I ask the question, even in a sermon, I'll be like, all right, there's there's a correct answer to this. Uh, 
when is the Bible most helpful? When it's open. Yes, exactly. No, that's the answer. When you actually open it up and look down and read it. Because it's so funny, the answers I'll get. Uh, In the morning, uh, when I go to bed. Oh, it's important then too. It's important there. Yeah. But when you actually open it up. But an open Bible is very handy. It's easier to read if it's open. (laughs) Crazy how that works, right? And and I think this is so important too, because I'm sure that we have a number of listeners that are coming to this podcast for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because... They're in that boat that they have no idea what this says. And they're actually kind of genuinely curious. And a church can be a very intimidating place to go to and to hear for the first time. Oh, yeah. But then you also have people that might be sitting in pews every single week that are like, actually, I'm genuinely curious too because maybe someone hasn't sat down and talked to them. But as we get going to, and speaking of opening up the Word, there's a specific Bible verse you wanted to share as we started with. Just as kind of that reminder as we get going of why we're doing what we're doing. Right. And and it this is something that I use. I do um, speak to other groups, to like moms groups and women's groups and things. And this is something that I open all of my, all of my talks with uh, from Psalm 19, verse 4. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. And I think that's so appropriate for what we're doing because I would love for God to take me personally out of this and fill the things that come out of my mouth with his spirit. Absolutely. And I think that that's definitely what we want to do on this podcast is this isn't about Dallas. This isn't about Lee. This is ultimately about what God has to say in his word. And as we get going with that, then too, I've kind of said like the first passage we're going to look at, the first place we really want to open up and see is at least for me something I've even joked that like, I want like a picture back here from yes. like a Sunday school notebook I'd be or something. happy to draw you one, but I don't know that anybody <laughs> would be able to decipher what it actually is. That's awesome. There's this, but this, this, this specific instance, and let's give a little backstory. So you told us, Dallas, that this guy, Jesus came, and that's mm-hmm. a little confusing for some that never heard this before. Um, but there's really a whole backstory to the entirety of uh, existence, if you will, right? So God created the world, right? So there's like, some, we're going all the way back to Genesis on we this are, one, right? We kind of have to yeah. a little bit just to set the tone. And I, well, actually, you know what? I like to, when I teach the Bible for the very first time and, and assume nothing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually segue or like step aside for a second. I still remember my very first year here, my very first summer. And it was wonderful. There was a Bible study being offered in the student ministry building. One of our older folks was leading that Bible study. And two of the girls from it wanted to be baptized. What a cool thing. We'll talk about the promise of baptism at some point. I'm certain, right? But anyways, I went to go talk to them. And uh, like the, 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 the woman would bought all four of us lunch. And we were talking through some things just about baptism, what it means. And so there's a really weird phrase that, again, at some point in this podcast journey, we'll, we'll get on. Uh, it was old Adam, okay? And well, fun, deep, nerdy, theological thing to go back on. But I looked at these girls and I was so proud of myself because I was like, oh, that's a fancy term. Like, that's an unknown thing. So let me, let me, I was like, so it kind of connects back to in the very beginning with uh, Adam and Eve. And the girls' faces were blank. Blank. I said, you know, Adam and Eve in the beginning, and they said, they verbalized, we have no idea what you're talking about. And I said, I closed the little book that I was helping out. I said, well, in the beginning, right? In the beginning, God created all things and, and he made him perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what we mean by that is there really was no problems, no brokenness, no, no sin, all this stuff. But eventually sin came into the world and, and what we experience now. Because like, again, the idea of perfection is really strange for us to even try and wrap our brain around right now. Mm-hmm. 
completely unattainable. Exactly. I mean, it's just completely unattainable. Exactly. And and the shortened end of it is God wants his, cre- he loves his creation. Mm-hmm. He loves everything that he's made, including us, including human beings, mm-hmm. including our listeners. He made you, he designed you, he loves you. Um, and that's what he's going to bring back at the very end. Okay. So I like to put the start and the finish in front of everybody all the time, right? There's a, there's, it was perfect in the beginning. It will be perfect. What we would say on the day when Jesus comes back to make all things new. That's a phrase that we find in the final book of the Bible of revelation. He's going to make all things new. So in between though, the key is Jesus. The key is what he came to do. So this Jesus guy, God took on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ Again, we'll unpack that later we, on. We're hold gonna, on, hold yeah. with us listeners for the very first time. And this Jesus carried out ministry, right? By the time he was around 30 years old, he carried out ministry for three years, serving people, doing incredible things, miracles, teaching with authority that they hadn't heard before. A lot of biblical history we could get into. But in order to dive in the specific place of Acts, as you said, he went to the cross. He died, a, a Roman crucifixion. Tell me about that, Dallas. Brutal. I mean, brutal. The fact that that Jesus made it through to actually dying on the cross is in and of itself a miracle. Most people that would, anybody else that would have had to undergo the punishment before he made it to the cross. Sure, Carrying yes. his own cross, the, the, the loss of blood, uh, just being up there was was in and of itself a miracle and and the romans were so good at their job i mean they were they were super skilled at killing people yeah and i know that's really graphic for people to hear but it really is like you look at history history is pretty graphic i mean i mean it is and, and that particular crucifixion essentially is like drowning in air, right? Mm-hmm. So you're suffocating as you're hanging there, things mm-hmm. like that. But, and again, we'll get into what this means, but homie died, right? <laughs> so, Jesus died. Jesus can I died? Yeah. I don't know. I'm the pastor. That, I guess you can, I can't say Yeah, that. you can say it. Okay, so Jesus it. died. And then, like, but here's the thing. In his ministry, he said, I'm going to die. I'll be back. And I will rise on the third mm-hmm. day. I'm going to be back. Mm-hmm. And again, this was to demonstrate he was who he said he was. Which was? God, God in the flesh, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so think back, I can again, uh, for newbies, again, just hold with us because we'll get to the cool stuff. But like when Jesus is coming into the world, right? What was his, the name that they were, that they were describing as it was Emmanuel. And that's, that's Hebrew. Uh, God with us. God with us. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, that word, that word, when you, when you unpack it, God with us, that's who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. He is, he's God in the flesh. And so he's demonstrating who he is uh, by dying and having power over death. So, so yeah, it's cool that he raised some people from the dead. We'll talk about that, right? Because history attests to this stuff. Right. I'm getting excited. I'm kind of on my chair. I know chair. you are. I'm like, like listeners can't see me coming out of my chair, but, but like, especially like the Lazarus, right? The, the raising of his friend Lazarus. Lazarus was dead in the tomb for four days, which is wild. It's super dead in the Jewish tradition. It's yes. like really dead. Stinking dead, it, right? It, it even yeah. says this. Like they, they say this when Jesus says, uh, open up that tomb. They're like, he's going to stink. Like, we can't do this. Because they that. didn't have the embalming process, all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Anyways, this is right before the cross. And why? Because if you raise someone from the dead, people are going to know the power you have. Mm-hmm. Right? So then, not only is it crazy that he raised— Nobody's going to say, oh, Lazarus was was actually sleeping. just sick and all he this other sleeping. stuff. Because he's stinking dead. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the idea. So then, not only that, Jesus goes into the tomb and three days, three days later, it's not someone else raising him. It's him raising himself. He is who he said he was. Okay, so this Jesus rises from the dead. History attests to the fact that the region knew this stuff. So even non-Christians are attesting to the fact that the Jesus followers are saying 
he's alive. He's been teaching. He's walking around. So it's not just the Bible that says No, we this. have extra biblical sources that I, I like those books too. <laughs> exactly. No, and it's, but it's crazy. And this is kind of, I think we have to start with this because that's part of the big question of why would I even open the Bible? Why would I even listen to the Bible? And it's, well, because there's historical fact that this stuff happened. Right. This stuff actually happened. Right. And what happens from there? So Jesus teaches mm-hmm. for 40 days, mm-hmm. ascends to the Father, right? We have that recorded in the in one of the books of the Bible named, known as Luke and Acts, right? Luke mm-hmm. wrote both of those. Right. And that's the book that we're going to step into. And what's the next big thing that happens after Jesus ascends? Oh, the Holy Spirit comes. Yes. So Jesus promised in his ministry. Didn't know this was going to be a quiz for me. (laughs) That's kind of sneaky. A little bit. But it's fun, right? Oh, it's super fun. I'm in the hot seat. I love it. Thank you. You're doing great. Thanks. Thousand dollar question. So uh, no, so the Holy Spirit, right? So Jesus promises, I'm going to send you someone. The Holy Spirit comes. And what's crazy about this is I like pointing this out to folks, right? A lot of times we're at a pretty... For, for especially our little bubble of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, like uh, we're a pretty big church, mm-hmm. right? And now we're in Texas though, and there's big churches. There are big right? churches. So a lot of times people see big as better in a crowd, but you look at Jesus's life and maybe, maybe in three instances, maybe a few more than that, do you see thousands of people gathering for Jesus's ministry? It's incredible. So even by the time that he ascends to the Father, we're really talking about, maybe 200 people that are following him, listening to him, which is pretty cool, pretty mm-hmm. incredible. But then the the Holy Spirit pours out on all the, the, the 200, the people that are there that are believing and news spreads. The Holy Spirit is moving. Almost like fire. Yeah, thousands at a time right. coming to believe mm-hmm. and things like that. We'll talk about what that means pretty early on in, in our journey together, I'm sure. But it's in this scene that these people that were really close to Jesus, uh, some people call them the 12 disciples. I like, I'm going to use a fancy word and then I'm going to unfancify it. Okay. So the apostles, right? Have you ever heard? Yeah. yeah. And right? then I'll tell you what I call them. Oh, what do you call them? The disciples. The disciples. The they're disciples. Kinda, well, because they like didn't us. get it. They're, yeah. they're just like us and they didn't get it. They had Jesus for three years and they were clueless until... The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so the apostles, that is a Greek word because we'll get into this, right? A mm-hmm. little bit. The, the, the original language of these words that were written down, most of the Old Testament is going to be in Hebrew. And then the New Testament is written in. If you make me pull out my Greek. I oh, have my, my stars, Greek. Right, is, yeah, right there. People in the video can see it. Oh, so we can see this, right? Because golly. we're going to have to talk about what that means. Because I'm a little rusty on my Greek, Pastor. <laughs> well, little, okay, so, little rusty. Oh, so apostles, that is from the Greek word apostello, mm-hmm. which means sent out ones. And that's what's right. happening in Acts. So all that to get to Acts all chapter that. 8. These 12 guys, well, new 12, right? Because Judas. Judas. Yeah. And a new guy, Matthias. We're mm-hmm. good. We're good. All right. These 12 get sent out into the regions to be able to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. And now we're at my like coloring book picture, picture that I want to sit right there. Mm-hmm. At this moment where one of them, Philip goes and finds a man in a chariot from Ethiopia. So mm-hmm. he's not from the region. He doesn't know what's happened. And he's specifically reading the scroll of, of Isaiah. Isaiah. Okay, so so Acts chapter 8, that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I want to open up my Bible. Okay. Go ahead. So here we are in Acts chapter 8. And, 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 and again, for the listeners that's trying to track with all of our fun stuff right now. You may want to listen to this one again. Just, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? Catch it on repeat. repeat. And I think, I think we're breaking everything down. So catch me if we're not. But the reason why this is so important for us is because this is, this is essentially why we want to do this podcast. Is because we think the world is full of people that are in the same seat, so to speak, as this Ethiopian sitting in this chariot. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So Acts chapter 8 verses… Actually, I want to start at 4 to 8. Will you, what does 4 to 8 say? Acts chapter 8 verses 4 through 8. What does that tell us? Uh, that the church was scattered and persecuted. And that after the giving of the Holy Spirit… Did you want me to read them? Sure. Mm. And I put my glasses in the other room. Oh, you're good. Do you want me to read it? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not that old. (laughs) I'm just working on it. Uh, So Acts um, chapter 8, verse 4, says, Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples crippled were healed. So there was great joy in that city. All right, so that gives us a great context for Philip. So Philip's been sent to this area of Samaria. We can break down that a little bit more. So it's in between the regions where Jesus did most of his ministry. He also did ministry in Samaria, but you kind of think of the region that Jesus did his ministry. You have the lower areas called Judea, the upper areas called the Galilee, Mm -hmm. and then the the in-between is Samaria. We'll at one point get into the history of that, I'm sure. But that's where Philip is. Philip's giving all this and pretty incredible stuff happening. The Holy Spirit is moving the same stuff that Jesus was doing in his ministry. He's now doing unclean spirits going out, stuff that we can't necessarily imagine today but i'm sure if you go over to like uh the the eastern world you def they would understand this stuff heavily the western world we don't really see this as much today but really cool we can get into that later too yes i know yeah, there's so many things but- we can get into a little bit later but all that's philip's context okay and then let's go into acts 26 to 40 so again it's what's the word we think the bible's more helpful when it's open when it's open let's actually see what this has to say do you want to read it or you want me to read no, it no you go ahead okay acts 26 acts 8 26 to 40, it says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He'd come to worship in Jerusalem. Fun there, right? All the details, right? This is an actual person with an actual history. Here's his queen. This is who he serves, all this stuff. Okay, and he was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah out aloud. The spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian said, how can I, unless someone guides me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with them. Now the scripture passage he was reading was this, and he's quoting Isaiah. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb is silent before its shears, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe this generation? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about, himself or someone else? Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? So he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down in the water, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip appeared uh, in Azotus, and he was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. 
So, right? To me, this is that podcast, Alice. Right. This is this is what we're trying to do. There's someone that doesn't know Isaiah. All right. We we kind of have to talk about the Isaiah passage. Because there's somebody favorite. listening going, why was that was a it? thing? Why how is this about mm-hmm. Jesus? Okay, so 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 tell me how that Isaiah passage is about Jesus. Why was it like the perfect it coincidence? Was, it, right? Yeah, coincidence. Right. Yeah. Air quotes. Coincidence. Yeah. Um, so the eunuch was reading Isaiah 53 which we call the suffering servant. And that whole thing is about Jesus. And it it walks us through step-by-step step what he was going to have to go through as he endured the cross. And Isaiah was written, what, 800 years, 700 years? I was going to that's the, the $50,000 before, yeah. before 700 the, years. Yeah. Before the birth of, of Jesus, before his birth, let alone, yes. you know, his death. Exactly. But, I mean, it was just, in, and so the eunuch is reading this passage, and he's super curious. He's like, I don't really understand what I'm reading. Is the prophet, Isaiah, talking about himself, or is he talking about somebody else? Well, he's talking about somebody else that had not even been born yet. Yeah, and, 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 and specifically, what is he saying is going to happen, right? So, led like a sheep to the slaughter. Okay. He's, yep. Uh, what does that mean? So, something or someone is going to die. Got right. it? Okay. He's silent. And when we look at Jesus's final hours, like there's moments where he chooses not, not to, to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his humiliation, justice was denied him. So, this isn't fair that Jesus goes to die on the cross for us or period, period. right? Period. He had not done he anything. He hadn't done anything wrong. Nothing was illegal. People just wanted him dead. Uh, and then his life was taken from the earth. It's talking about the cross. Now, Philip, mm-hmm. again, think about Philip. He witnessed all this stuff. Right. He saw this happen. And so he's like, this is about Jesus. Let me tell you what I saw. And again, see what happened. Can you imagine that conversation? I mean, I he know. would have been talking so fast, so animate. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall while he's trying to explain that. And he's like, wait a minute, I have to stop and I have to back up. Absolutely. And so I find the Ethiopian's questions— to be so critical to, to you and to me, mm-hmm. to the entire Christian church, to people who follow Jesus, who let him lead, right? Who trust in Jesus and want people to know his stuff. The questions he asks, I think are the questions this world is asking now. How am I going to understand this stuff if no one explains it to me? Right. And so it's funny because even as we've been reading and quoting things, there's some fancy words that I saw, right? So you, like your, your translation said Christ, mine said Messiah. What does that even mean? Is that, isn't that Jesus's last name? Well. Right. I no. thought Christ was his last name. Right. That's that's what I mean. Right. Just kidding. So like, but Christ is more of a title. Right. Messiah, more of a title. So it's talking about a chosen one who was promised from the very beginning that right. would redeem the world. That whole start to finish thing that we were talking about, uh, and then like as we were going to some of this stuff that, about baptism and things like that. But essentially, the question is still so crucial for us: How's anybody going to understand this stuff if we're not talking about this, and not talking about it in a way that the church usually does? Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. so fancy ourselves and that we forget what it's like to have a blank slate entirely. So um, a few years ago, several years ago, I won't say how many years ago, Jeff and I, my husband, were on a on a, an overseas trip. We went for, a, it was a, a gifted trip to us. And we went to, we ended up in Italy. Okay. For Holy Week. Oh, wow. Amazing. All right. You used a fancy word for me. Okay. I, the week... Right before we celebrate Easter. Okay. Okay. And Easter being? Being the um, death and resurrection of Jesus. Yes. So celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Right. I think people see the Facebook post. In so maybe a we're good there. foreign country. 
So we are attending church services because during that particular time period in the church, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of activity. There's a lot of um, of programmed activity sure, yeah. for that. So we're in a foreign country going to church services that we are very familiar with here at home, but it's being, we went to one service that I believe was in Latin. Oh, fun. Um, the rest of them were in Italian. <laughs> if you think my Greek is rusty, um, hit me with Italian and Latin. And, but it was, it, it made me think of, of this passage or this passage made me think of that trip that if I had just walked in off the street, not knowing anything, um, I would have been even more confused than I already was because I didn't speak the language. So I just think it's super fascinating that this eunuch, how am I supposed to understand this if there's nobody to teach me? Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. What's the word, mm. right? So like as we talked about this too, right? Episode one, we wanted to talk about Acts chapter eight and we wanted to talk about what we called the intimidation, the intimidation factor. factor. Yeah. Because it's so funny. I was actually just reflecting on this today because um, I'm getting ready to gear up in this fall to teach a class about the Bible. And I was trying to figure out what to talk about. And I was reminded of uh, the best way to phrase it is like a youth conference that we went to. So it was the, the, the LCMS youth gathering. And there was a session, like a breakout session, conference, little tiny room with a bunch of chairs that a lot of our kids wanted to go to. I'm telling you, like at least like 10 of our kids wanted to go to. It was called... Why is the Bible so strange and hard to understand? Now, me being their pastor at that point for three years, I was like, what do you, what do you mean? We talk about this every week. Why it's not it's hard so, to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I explain it to you every week. <laughs> but what was fun about that too was like the theme of the whole conference gathering was about the Psalms. And I remember that spring, like talking to our kids about the Psalms and going through the themes and talking with one of my like youth leaders afterward, whose dad is a pastor. I was like, I'm so boring. I'm telling them all these things they already know because everybody knows this stuff about the Psalms. And they looked at me and they said, how long have you been their pastor? I said, three years. And she said to me, uh, how, many, how many times have you talked about the Psalms? I said, well, this is the first time. And she goes, then they probably don't know it. <laughs> so it was one of those things, again, if we never talk about this stuff. And, and I went to the session and it opened my eyes to exactly why they were so passionate about going. Because I think a lot of times, the longer we live our lives in the church, the more we forget what it's like to start at the very beginning, to start from scratch. So several, about 10 years ago, yeah. I, um, I've i been married for almost 25 years. I've got three kids. They're grown now. Um, but about 10 years ago, I wanted to finish my degree that I started when I was 18. And then I got married soon after that and college wasn't a thing. So I went back to school and I've been a born and raised Lutheran my entire life. I mean, I have been in this church uh, this this denomination for a number of years. Um, and it wasn't until I went back to university life and was getting a degree in Christianity, I went to uh, a, a university that was different from sure. the way different I was raised. Sure. Very yeah. different perspective. It was a Christian university, but it was not a Lutheran-based. It was the only Lutheran on campus. And I... For three years, the three years that I was there uh, was either defending why I believe the way that I believe 
or explaining to somebody else, this is this is what we do. Sure. And but it was starting from the very beginning because I didn't know. It was a lot like, well, you know, you should know this. You've been yeah. in this church your entire life, and you should you should know why we do these things. But I couldn't tell you if I this is where I made my church home because this is where it's always been, or if I actually believed it. And so the thing, same thing with the with the Psalms. If you're never talking about it, if you're never, you know, you don't really, you just take for granted that, oh, well, it's in their Bible and they all got a Bible when they got confirmed. (laughs) And, you know, or when they come to church, we'll give you a Bible. Sure. Just because somebody has that doesn't necessarily mean that they understand what's inside of it. And and so it was a very eye-opening. And it's fun as you're talking. It's kind of fun because we're putting Acts 8 in front of us because we're putting all these things. I'm listening and I'm hearing, oh, we need to explain that. We need to explain yep, that. We I am need too. To explain that. I am too. Because it's like, like, like for most people, they're kind of like, well, what is denomination? What is Luther and all this stuff? And, and, and again, when I say most people, I'm talking about the population of the world that's not Christian. Right. right? And so, so I think to, tr- to do the quick one of that, right, you have different religions in the world. So Christianity is a religion. Right. Uh, you have Islam is a religion. You have Judaism is a religion. The people you call Jews. Uh, and then you have within Christianity different, uh, I kind of explain it like this, like different schools of thought. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what a denomination is. So it's so funny. Like, different branches of the family. When I was, when I was studying to be a pastor, a common question I'd get is like, oh, you're gonna be a pastor. What religion? And I would say Christian, right? But, but it was because there's this misunderstanding. Right. And essentially though, this is, this is a good segue because this episode is about the intimidation factor and how wild and full the Bible can be. And that's why we have different denominations, different branches of the families, because we all looking at the same exact words and we have a little bit of different perspectives of what they actually mean. So not what they say, what they mean. Yes. Yeah. And so meaning is going to be a fun thing to talk about. But as we go through, like kind of launching this, we have the intimidation factor. What is the Bible? Even in the first place, um, we have the whole, uh, like, what does this mean that we're going to be getting into? But ultimately, too, I think what, if I were on the receiving end of what we're doing, why do, why should I listen along? Why are we doing this? It's because there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in our world right now. And we believe, we believe, teach, and confess that we have a God, an ultimate creator of all things, who sent his son Jesus to make himself known and whose Holy Spirit moves and works in all of us now, has worked through many people to put together, right, the words that we have right here, and because of that, if he's kind of the top dog, we should kind of listen to what he says. True. About a lot of the stuff True. that is going on in our world right now. But we have a lot of people sitting out there going, I want to know too. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the idea behind what we're doing here. So I think as we go to, like, it's intimidating. Let's dive into that a little bit further. Why is the Bible so intimidating? Because it's the Bible. I mean, it is like the ultimate the the beginning and, and end of our belief system. So if we look at the Bible, uh, for me personally, you look at the Bible and and I've had people ask me, how can you believe all of that? Oh, I mean, sure. like all of it. Like there's a talking donkey in the Bible. Oh, sure. So there's crazy so stuff that there's happens. There's weird, crazy yeah. things that are that are in the Bible. And, you know, and they look at Dallas, really? I mean, you bought into all of that? Well, even the 100%. whole— 100%. Even the whole, like, the, the, the first four verses of Acts 8 that you read. 
Oh, right? yeah. He was doing some pretty incredible things. What do you mean spirits coming well, out of people's Well, because we're looking at it stuff. with our, our reason. Yes. And reason has no place with miracles, which is what the Bible is is founded on. I mean, there are some really miraculous— You mean like a guy dying and raising himself from the dead? Yeah, that's one. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, kind that's, of the that's essential on my, big one. That's yeah. a big one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's intimidating because there's stuff that we just don't fully understand. Right. Right? Because we weren't— there. We weren't there. And so that's what's kind of cool for me too is like we, we kind of said we'll dive into this too. It's old, mm. right? It wasn't mm-hmm. originally, believe it or not, it wasn't originally written in English. What? Right? And so not only that, like we have, well, and I have like for the viewers kind of watching us right now, I have like the Greek and the Hebrew, right? So this is this is a modern version of what has been passed down through the ages. And the cool thing is there's a great accountability for each of these right. things. To be able to look at the original documents. And we're not talking about like, oh, Matthew wrote down one thing and that's what we have. Like, no. Like, the, the people that witnessed this stuff wanted people to know it so bad that they copied it over and over and over and over again. And, and when it comes to history, that's where the, like, validity comes in is how accurate was the, was the copies of what was made. And that's the cool thing is, historically speaking, like, this is some of the most evidenced ancient documents that we have. So are you familiar with the project, the um, the Human Genome Project? Sure, yeah. So all of the, the ways that the scientists are trying to figure out and they're trying to map us. Yeah. Placing all of the fragments, all of the documents, all of the, the, the scraps of paper written down for the Bible is like scientists doing the Human Genome Project. Interesting. Because there are hundreds of thousands and they all and they all say the same thing they're all pointing they're all pointing to the same thing and and it is that in and of itself is the miracle it that is an act of god oh how many authors were used to tell one unified story and for our Mm -hmm. listeners that want to know more about this stuff like i really appreciate there's an organization called lutheran hour ministries you Mm -hmm. can google them so if you google lutheran hour ministries the bible on trial like it's free you can watch it like, and it, it walks through kind of the, the, the deep dive on right. what we're talking about right now, that, that it really is miraculous how many ancient documents that we have that all say the exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and the older I get, right? So I'm only 34, right? So We are not going to talk about my age. Right? No, we won't. Like, but like, like the, the thing is, is the older I get, the more I appreciate how recent history is. Mm. So like when I think about even in America, like the civil rights movement, when I think about World War II, uh, when I think about the start of America, as a kid, I thought, oh, why are we talking about things that are so, so old? old? And as as I keep growing, I'm realizing, like, those were lifetimes away. Mm-hmm. So those were only a few generations right. back. Okay? So then, like, and the deeper I go on that, right, all this stuff, these are people. These are real people. And today, like, I, I'm a huge fan of, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Big fan. Okay? We had to get it in. So I was waiting. I mean, it I took thought, like 20 I minutes. I thought a modern miracle was over 23 movies created over 10 years. They told one unified story. But if you really deep dive, there's a lot of plot holes, a lot of other things in 10 years. So now you look at this work that was created over thousands of years, created, mm-hmm. not only that, now handed down over multiple thousands of years and it still tells one unified story, even when you go all the way back to the very ancient original stuff. In archaeology, we keep digging up stuff, and it keeps affirming, affirming everything. everything that's written down mm-hmm. in this book. 
So it's kind of fascinating to, to, to really do that. But that can be intimidating too, Dallas, because we're talking about thousands of years, multiple authors. Like you were mentioning the highlights earlier of Moses and David and all these characters. But then you get into like more of the minor characters. Oh. And it's talking about thousands of people's names even in here. Right. So Dallas, that's super intimidating. How do we make that a little bit less intimidating for our listeners as they join us for this ride that's going to be, what's the word? Well, they need to pack their patience along with uh, sure. with us because this <laughs> is not something that we can this is not something that we can cover in a 30-minute session, a 45-minute session or uh you know in in 6 months. Oh yeah. This exactly. is something that is going to it's going to take a minute, but the story is so masterfully written and so beautifully told that it's it can't help but be a page turner. Even when you're sitting there looking at the genealogies of, you know, he was the son of this one and this one was the son of this one who was the grandson of whatever. Right, right. Okay, that gets a little tedious. And I think that, um, but it all adds up to the same story and the same end result and that there was a plan and a purpose from the beginning. And I would love to be able to start my days if the plan that I had in my head actually made it before I, you know, finished and got, got to bedtime that day. And I can't pull that off in a 12 to 24 hour period. And God pulls it off through the expanse of time. Absolutely. And I think that for for the journey that we're on right now, that we are going to break it apart. You know, the the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? Bite at a time. One bite at a time. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. And I fully anticipate and look forward to our rabbit trails that we're going to go down. But by and large, we're here to break it down. And and to to remove some of that intimidation factor, that it is if we if we take the um, the the biblical hero ness off of some of these characters and or not people. they're they're yeah. people they're Human not characters beings. they yeah. they they really were here yeah. then it becomes a lot more manageable for us I mean we could spend I could spend a year in Genesis and like one step at a time oh yeah right? so so and I love this right because we're gonna invite our listeners here at the very start of this to join us in just the basic premise of what we believe about what we could call today this book. Right. Right. That we believe, and this is so fun. I'm all my digressions, Dallas, they're gonna like they're, gonna they're like, talking oh about like goodness. the circus that is our conversation. That's okay. I vividly remember a sermon. I actually can't tell you what happens after the first like three minutes of it because there's an illustration I used that everybody, that's what everybody camped on. And because of that, that's all, oh, I kind of do. Okay. But anyways, the illustration was um, the old question, because it is old. It's ancient, actually. What came first, the chicken or the egg? And it was just because like I was connecting into something else. Maybe one day we'll hear that on this podcast. But what came first, the chicken and the egg? I said, do you know how old that question actually is? I said, philosophers like Plato we're actually dealing with this question because they couldn't make sense of where we all came from. If, if where did we all come from? And this is a huge topic that of course we'll get to at some point in our journey together of like, no, seriously, where did all this stuff come from? Because we have the, the, the world says, right. The conventional paradigm says that we all came out of like a cesspool crawled and became all these really diverse things and all this other stuff. And I said, what was funny was philosophers from an ancient time have wrestled with this but the only paradigm that really makes sense of this is the biblical one because the biblical paradigm says in the beginning, God created all things, including the animals, animals. which means the chicken came first. I right. said, easy done. I had like 
older people in the congregation, like retiring from their jobs, like, or had been a decade retired coming up to me going, I never thought about that. That makes so much makes more sense. So I was like, it's kind of crazy because our conviction, this is where I was right. getting to. Our conviction is the creator of all things, the ultimate power of, of all things, uh, the universe, if you will, gave us words to tell us who he was mm-hmm. and who he is and will be and what he has done throughout right. history. And that's what this word is. And so that's the attitude. That's the approach. That's the posture that we're going to dive into this book because that's why Christians, we want to know what God says about how we treat our neighbors yeah, or how we think about this event that's happening in the world or uh, like what's happening in our own lives, how to make sense of something terrible that's happening to us. Mm-hmm. We're going to turn to God and what he has to say because ultimately he's the authority over all things. If he made us, if he redeemed us, if we know where he's going to, let's take a look at what he said. And we're going to do that. Piece by piece. Piece by piece. Piece, piece yeah. by piece. So, all right. A few things I want to, a few final things I want to make sure people know, right? Okay. Hopefully people want to read along with us or listen along, or listen along with us by all means and know like what translation do you have right there? Uh, this is the NIV. Okay, cool. So, so, so for first timers with a Bible, there's different translations. And I think the, the, what's the, I'm, I'm going to mess this up. That's okay. Go Pastors ahead. mess up too. That's We're not okay. perfect. That's okay. Some translations are more word for word. And what we mean by that is Formal. it's taking a literal translation of what the Greek or mm-hmm. the Hebrew is and trying to translate it into English. And then the other way to do it is with thought a, for uh, thought, uh, phrase no, for phrase. No, it's a functional. Yes. Functional, um, formal, and free. So trying to take the meaning of what right. it says and bring that into the English. And so the ones that are typically in the middle of that, right, that are trying to do both mm-hmm. are going to be uh, the New International Version, the right. NIV, the, the English Standard Version, right. the ESV. And the Revised Standard, And I Revised Standard Version is another one. Mm-hmm. I have the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. Okay. So at the end of the day, I think pretty much any Bible you're going to pick up, folks, is going to give you somewhere along the way. If you pick up the King James Version, the KJV, or the R, the Revised King James Good Version. Luck. Yeah, it's hard for us to understand in a modern language. And some people really love it. Good for some you. People right? Absolutely. Some people do. Some people do. Yeah. To it. So we're, we're going to be reading just, again, but no, it's translating from English and Hebrew. It's not drastically different than what it said there. Right. So along that, we're going to get that essentially. Whoa, what a would, fun topic. It, it is a fun topic. I would um, caution— if you um, if you don't have a Bible and you're in and you're looking for one, that the the more free verse translations like the Message, uh, I would not maybe recommend that as your primary source. Sure. I, I would go with with something a little bit more standard, sure. such as the the New International and Version. I, and I would or say the, mostly because like the 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 Bible verses that people use like commonly sound similar, right? Whereas the message or a few of the others- It's a paraphrase Bible. The message right. is actually, I mean, it, it's actually uh, marketed as a paraphrase. Which is still going to get you the, what happened, right. which is the key part. Right. Like, but like I mean, as far I, as I listening have a along- message. And, yes. I, oh, yeah. I do. I have a message. I have all the translations. <laughs> There's <laughs> so many too. fun versions. Uh, it's crazy. It is. Nerd. It's nuts. But so getting your own Bible or like, even if you're just looking up on the internet, I would stick with one of those just to kind of come close right. to you. Even our translations will read a little bit differently mm-hmm. and things like that. And then, and, and why do we have so many translations? Well, because believe it or not, the English language has changed in its existence. Because that's the other thing I think, I do think people growing up today think 
the English language always existed. Mm -mm. And it's like, no. No, that's another God thing. As we say in Texas, bless your heart. Bless your heart for thinking that. It wasn't always English from the very beginning. And so, yeah, it's got to translate from this. Over the ages, we talk different. We do. And Greek and Hebrew were already finished languages. They weren't adding to Mm -hmm. that at the time that the Bible was compiled. And English is being changed daily. So, I mean, we'd be in a world of hurt if the first translation we had was English. Absolutely. Well, and I've been told, I remember I got to visit Israel my senior year of college. And I remember asking, I was learning Hebrew in college, got to learn more at seminary and stuff like that. And I remember asking somebody like, I've learned Hebrew. like, And he's like, well, if you speak Hebrew to us, it would be like talking the way the King James Version, which is like an old English Mm -hmm. sounding version like a Shakespearean, if you will, Yeah. then he says that's the way it would be here. So the way that they use Hebrew then is not the way that people use Hebrew now. And the same way that like for a listener, because I, I think so many people outside that want to be antagonistic could say, which nobody antagonistic is probably listening right now. I hope not. Right? But like they could say like, well, why does it change so much? Well, think about how different we talked in the 90s than the 2000s than now. So there's how about new, the 80s? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Gag before me with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> before you were born. I was born in 89. People oh, could do math. help me. <laughs> I feel but, old. Right? Oh. The, the language has changed even in that time frame and the way that we talk, the way that we address each other. So that's why we have so many different uh, translations. And again, it's been handed down like faithfully over the years. Yep. And, and we're not afraid of what the original says because Mm-mm. we do believe what we're holding in our hands is as close to the original as we can get. And you can deep dive and you can study this stuff. And, and of course, you and I would encourage people to do that. I would but, definitely encourage people to do that. Man, all right. So I don't know whether or not we've intimidated people more or less oh. than… Uh, or they just feel bad for us because we are all over the place. They're like, man, they were so lonely. They really needed to <laughs> talk about this stuff. <laughs> this is what happens when you're an empty nester now. You're… <laughs> looking, looking for things to do. But but this was this is exciting. Ultimately, what we're trying to do for our folks listening is… Break it down. Break it down for you. So so help us. Mm-hmm. As, as you're listening along, help us to see your questions to hear. We really want to try and understand where people are at because we really want to be in the place of Philip in that moment of being able to help someone who's never heard this stuff before understand. And, 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 and even people that feel like they have a little bit of an understanding, because I appreciate what you said early on, like we're students of this for life. Oh yeah. We're all constantly learning stuff. And, and, and it's fun. And, uh, we have a school here and I get the opportunity ever since I went to that, why is the Bible so strange and hard to understand? I changed my lessons. I changed my topics to be about the Bible and uh, there's a really cool, the Bible project is, I, I appreciate the Bible project and the work they're trying to do to make the Bible understandable and bite-sized. And they have a really cool series about the Bible, intro to the Bible type thing. And I appreciate how they bring out how the way that scripture was written was written in such a way that we would be students of it, that it would be a lifetime of reading and rereading. It's not written like our newspapers are, our books no. are to be read once and you put it down. Like the more you read it, again, think about the fullness of time that this thing was written to do. You start to see the ins and outs and the connections and it becomes so full. And I've read passages, the same passage, multiple times at different parts and periods in my life. And it said something different to me. It hit It hit different. Exactly. The words did not change. The words were the same. But the way that it spoke to me and the way that, that I was understanding was completely different. Yep. And I mean, I have a tendency to, to date 
that if I'm going through something, I will write a date by a verse oh, that I'm nice. that I'm like working that. on. Yeah. And that I'm that I'm reading and I'm studying. And so then when I stumble across it five, 10, 15 years later, I can see that oh, I was here. So if I'm especially in the Psalms, I, I when I'm struggling with something, I go to the Psalms. I can see the dates there and I have to wonder, you know, what was I going through in 2010? Sure. What was, what oh, was happening so at like that, that particular point? But God has been so faithful that I, I don't remember. I just know that he brought me through it. Yeah. So, but I, if you, if you um, are looking for at passages in your Bible, date them. Yeah. Date I like them. That. I like that a lot. To circle all the way back for our, our listeners too, right? To remove that intimidation factor mm-hmm. entirely. Like we got off on the trail of like where we all came from. But that's that's what we're looking at is you have a God who loves you, mm-hmm. a God who loved you so much he sent Jesus to die and rise again so that you can have eternal life in him. And he gave you this gift that is his word. Right. To be able to listen to, to be able to to lead us. To touch. To show us what has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, to ingest, I mm-hmm. guess. Right? To let it become a part of our minds. Right. And our hearts and our lives. And to play out. And that's what we're going to start doing as we keep going in this time together. Is we're going to really look at what God's word says about God's word. And why do Christians. So if you're ever wondering, like, why do the Christians care so much about what the Bible says? We're going to show you some pretty specific passages as we keep going. As I've kind of said, the, the podcast is what's the word? Uh, and we're kind of in the what's the word about the word? Or maybe a better way to say it is why the word? Why so the why word? do we care so much? And it is because the God who created us, who made us, who redeemed us, who's with us, has stuff to say to us. And so we're really going to dive into that as we get started. And then we get to all the fun stuff. All the and fun so stuff. I can't wait for people to engage with the podcast to ask us questions, to show us things and things like that. Ways to do that. Certainly listen to us, share it, follow it. Um, You can certainly uh, on Facebook, you'll be able to find us. uh, If you look up what's the word podcast, uh, you'll be able to find us and and be able to ask your questions, send us messages, things like that. Um, There's a million ways to communicate and find people because it's cool. This is going to be on all sorts of podcast platforms. So, so find us, talk to us, uh, especially there on Facebook, an easy mm-hmm. way to connect with us, join mm-hmm. the conversation, and hold us accountable to trying to break this down and really take the elephant. Right. If one we said something that didn't that that didn't land right, that you were and uh, that we used words that were you were unfamiliar. Exactly. Let us know. Yeah, because we recognize. I'll, I'll even I'll even end on a little bit of a story. So this summer I got to go to Camp Lone Star. Uh, so that's a that's a camp out in Lagrange, and there was a final year camper. So he was, he just graduated mm-hmm. college or high school, high school, sorry, just graduated high school. And, uh, he was kind of described, they're doing a fun thing where they were dancing along to a song. It was the VeggieTales song, but to like the VeggieTales is a, a TV show that was about Bible stuff, but it was like in a rap version or whatever. And he got up there and he said, uh, the reason why they did VeggieTales was because VeggieTales did what we're talking about doing. It broke down the Bible in a way that they could understand. And he kept using this word, like it could hook them. It could hook him in. That's right. And he said for all of us that had grown up at camp, camp was kind of our hook to keep us connected to the faith, connected mm-hmm. to the Bible and helping us to understand in a way that church just doesn't do. And and so I am like, you're not going to surprise me at all to tell me, um, uh, you were talking in a way that I didn't understand. So don't feel like, I know some people can be intimidated to even say something that's why we're here. And what cooler way to do this than a podcast? I think it's awesome. To be able to reach into places that we've never been able to see ourselves and, and be able to answer questions for people that have it. And I think the biggest thing I'm going to ask of people is to be 
uh, sincere, to be um, generous isn't even the right word. Uh, what is my word? Charitable. That's charitable. my favorite word. Be That's a little a charitable one. to us. That would be awesome because mm-hmm. we just appreciate people being nice. Yeah. And charitable to human <laughs> beings, right? That's what we are. We're human beings. Right. We're not experts. I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. <laughs> and, and we really are just students of the Bible and we want to really dive into that. I agree. All right. How do you feel about episode one? (laughs) Kind of glad we can put a check mark in that one. Yeah, absolutely. So as we said to people, please engage with us. I'm excited for the journey we have in front of us. I'm very excited. To talk more about the word and Mm -hmm. really see this stuff. The other thing that's kind of important for us as we end our time together is we're going to want to offer some prayer. Prayer is an important thing for us. For anybody that doesn't know what prayer is, this God who loves you has given you a gift to be able to talk to him at any point, at any time, in any place. About anything. Yeah. And it's really just acknowledging who he is. And I like, I always use the example of like an empty chair. So if you had an mm-hmm. empty chair sitting across from you, I want you to picture Jesus there um, because he's in the room with you. Right. And so I would love to just say a prayer for us as we kind of close out. And as I see, there's kind of a fun little teaser verse for us too from Psalm 33, 4. It says, For the word of the Lord is right and all his work is trustworthy. Why are we doing what's the word? Well, because the word of the Lord is right and everything he does and says is trustworthy. And so we want to talk about that for people so they know the truth for their own lives. And with that, let's uh, let's join in a word of prayer. Good and gracious, merciful God, we thank you so much for uh, today, uh, Lord, for the opportunity even just to engage your word for a second, for a moment, to see the cool uh, message that comes from it. And that is the message, Lord, that you've made us, that you created us, that you loved us so much, that you want to spend eternity with us. And Lord, you've given us the gift of your word, uh, Lord, to take root in our hearts and grow. And so, Lord, we just ask that you be with us, especially as we launch this podcast, as we engage in conversations that are going to last uh, far longer, Lord, than we even expect. And Lord, we just ask that you move. Uh, Lord, that you help us to to genuinely engage with people. Uh, Lord, for people to be engaged their questions with us. Uh, Lord, so that we can bring glory to you. Uh, and everything that we think, everything that we say, and everything that we do. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we we'll, uh, will see you next, next week. Time. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Awesome.